0: Morning, welcome to all, especially those who are visiting with us. Great to have you with us on a great day like this. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. From today's gospel, Jesus says, Do not worry about your life, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Today's Gospel, Jesus gives us a simple instruction don't worry or don't be anxious. And he points out that the birds and flowers don't go around worrying about things as they're doing their daily work, but God clothes and feeds them. And we are more valuable to God than they are. Now, this teaching of Jesus in the Gospel it sounds compelling and attractive. And thus we accept Jesus' words and we leave the church resolved to be not anxious. However, when we re enter the world, we encounter again all the people and the things that make us anxious. We face again the temptations of the world, the flesh, and the devil. These things press upon us and weaken our resolve. Before you know it, we are worried all over again, distracted with anxiety about the world, the economy, the health crisis, or whatever else may present itself to us to worry about. This approach to faith reflects the fundamental error of reducing the gospel to a series of teachings that we attempt to follow. And this roots the gospel in our minds but doesn't provide the means for the gospel to penetrate our hearts and the details of our lives. We end up reillustrating the fundamental truth that St. Paul highlights in his letters to the Romans and Galatians. We are unable, by mere resolve and willpower, to fulfill the righteous commands of the moral law. Our faithfulness is then reduced to feeling appropriately guilty about it. If we pay careful attention to the gospel, we will see that be not anxious is not another moral commandment that Jesus is giving us. Jesus is contrasting two ways of life. One is life lived in service to mammon or money. The other is life lived in service to God. These contrasting ways of life produce contrasting fruits. The biblical word fruit is a horticultural term. When you do certain things in a garden or a field consistently over a long period of time, certain things begin to grow. A flower, a vegetable, or maybe a literal fruit. If you want to produce the fruit over time, you have to commit to the patient horticulture. The default horticulture of fallen humanity is service to mammon. We orient the priorities and activities of our lives around money. What it takes to make it, what we will do with it when we get it, and how it will provide for our future. Implicit in this pattern is the assumption that money And the things that money gets us and makes available to us will make us happy. Thus, the pursuit of money becomes the central organizing principle of life. And this is service to mammon. We discover over time that mammon is a fickle god. For it makes us anxious whether we have it or not. When we don't have it, we're anxious about getting it. When we do have it, we are anxious about losing it or whether we have enough of it or whether it will provide enough for the future. Anxiety leads us to serve mammon, and service to mammon produces anxiety. It is a vicious circle. Jesus commands us instead to seek first the kingdom of God. Now, we tend to hear this the wrong way also. This verse calls to mind the VBS, Youth Camp, chorus that many of you are familiar with. It's sort of a kumbaya way of singing Seek ye first the kingdom of God. <clears throat> and so, armed with this warm sentiment, we re enter the world resolved to think more about God and his kingdom but our merely sentimental and mental commitment to seek first the kingdom suffers the fate as our, same fate as our resolve to be not anxious. <clears throat> In fact, the command to seek first a kingdom requires a complete reorientation of our lives. We must begin to plant and cultivate an entirely new and different field. We must change. There will be new behaviors, <clears throat> and we will approach old behaviors in a different way, with a different attitude. And this reorientation begins with repentance. We must first confess that we haven't sought first the kingdom of God. And then we must establish new habits of worship, prayer, and behavior that reorient our lives around the kingdom. To use another analogy, following Jesus is a vocation. As we asked the people today, do you promise to follow Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? It presumes a way of life. Vocations take time to learn, to become proficient at. It's like becoming a piano player or a basketball player. Say you buy a piano and you sign up for lessons and begin to play a little bit. You're a piano player, but you're not a very good one yet. Or say you decide to become a basketball player, so you buy a ball and put up a hoop and you know, go to a camp for a weekend. You're a basketball player, but you're not a very good one yet. The only way to become good at piano or basketball is to practice the new things Diligently over time, and in a few years, you'll be better at it. Seeking first the kingdom of God means establishing new patterns of behavior that reorient our lives around the priority of the kingdom. Then it means persevering in those new patterns of behavior over time. In practical terms, this means doing the things that honor God first, We worship God on the first day of the week to honor God first. We call it the Lord's Day. We give God the first part of our income, the tithe. We begin each day with prayer. We begin the meal with grace. Now, there is religious danger here that must be addressed. Giving God the first part can be misunderstood as meaning that God gets the first, but I get the rest. As though the first part of our time and resources were a sort of tax that God extracts from us. Thus, we grudgingly give God the first so that we can have the rest for ourselves. I worship on the Lord's day to justify my disobedience on the other six days or I give God the tithe in order to justify the fact that I'm going to spend the rest of my money unfaithfully. However, the biblical principle is that the first part represents and dedicates the whole. Thus, to begin our time in worship and prayer is to dedicate all of our time to God. It is the beginning of a commitment in life to seek the will of God and the presence of God in all of our activities and relationships. Thus the tithe is not a tax, but a dedication of all we have to God. It will lead us to the faithful use of money in all areas of life and to the continual practice of generosity. These first part and first-thing disciplines create a spiritual struggle. For there is a constant temptation to revert to the old form. No sooner have we decided to make prayer a priority than some other urgency calls us away from our prayer. This is, in fact, a lifelong temptation. No sooner have we made our commitment to tithe then doubts surface about whether we can afford it or whether we really need to do it. Staying with our commitments that put the kingdom first requires persevering faith. It requires that we say no to our anxious thoughts and doubts and instead say yes to God by persevering in our disciplines of faithfulness and obedience. Disciplines develop muscle memory when we first begin to train ourselves in any new skill the new skill feels awkward like we can never make this work many people give up new pursuits in the very early stages for this very reason but as we persevere in the disciplines of the christian life the things we plant and cultivate begin to produce new fruits the things we practice become more natural. And we begin to experience a new freedom in God's service. As life is reoriented around prayer and faithful disciplines, we begin to seek the will of God in all things. And as we persevere in this reorientation for a few years, we notice over time that we have become less anxious, We don't worry about things as much. Faithfulness has produced the fruit of God's peace. As we commit our money and resources to God and persevere in this reorientation for a few years, we notice that we worry less about whether we will have enough. We notice we become more concerned about the needs of those around us. Faithfulness has made us less self-centered, has produced the fruits of generosity and love. And oh, by the way, it turns out that we have the food, clothing, and shelter we need. In fact, God's provision in these areas has been remarkable or even miraculous. As Jesus said, don't worry about your life but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.